what this is really all about is preserving video store culture, preserving a culture of access, of affordable, equitable access to film, preserving theatrical. Um, these are not outdated modes of access to film. And um, I think if we want to see a future where there are generations of people who are spending money on film, who love film enough to invest in it, we better start investing in spaces like this right now. Otherwise, we're gonna lose them to a lot of other distractions. Hello, and welcome to Here in LA, Eagle Rock Edition. Today, we get to meet Maggie McKay, the executive director of Vidiots, which is the beloved video store you might remember being in Santa Monica that had one of the finest collections of DVDs, Blu-rays, and even VHS tapes in all of LA. Recently, they packed up and headed east to Eagle Rock. And also, they purchased the legendary Eagle Theater. So not only will there be an amazing video store in Eagle Rock, but a renovated, gorgeous art house movie theater right next door, and it's all gonna happen this year. Maggie gave me a tour of the place, which is still under construction, and we couldn't stop yapping. So let me stop yapping so that we can pass the mic to Maggie so she can tell you what's going on. Maggie? You got it, Maggie McKay, Executive Director of Vidiots Foundation. Thank you so much for letting me be in here. We're standing in the future video store, which of course is Vidiots, yeah. which of course um, birthed this entire project because without Vidiots, the Eagle, which has been here as a community movie theater from 1929 until 2000, she operated as a movie theater, um, and we wouldn't be bringing her back without Vidiots. So it really goes back to the video store, and we're standing in the room that will soon be the video store with 50,000 titles on DVD and Blu-ray, and our iconic Vidiots Neon, and... Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Will it be blue outside, too? Or, so or our teal, neon, whatever that was? We have a really famous, giant iconic neon sign that hung over our store in Santa Monica for 32 years. She's in storage. We'll fix her up, get her back outside, outside of the storefront here um, at the Eagle. And then, you know, we had a lot of pink neon was our thing. And we have a very famous blue neon sign that'll be well, inside. It was the 80s. It was the 80s. And, um, and we'll get that all going again. Um, we're not doing too many changes in this room except making it look really pretty. Everything is on rolling racks. We can use this space, um, not just for the video store, but for all sorts of gatherings as well. Will the VHS tapes uh, have a special home too? Yes, so our VHS tapes, because of the renovations on the building, the VHS tapes will have a safe, out of harm's way home um, in the upper level um, or with the booth where the, where the projection booth is. And um, those, what did I say, 11,000 tapes. Um, and we have a huge um, project that's all about preserving the work that's on those tapes. Approximately, what's the square footage of this part? Do you know? You don't know. I unfortunately don't Fine. know. I, the, the square footage of the entire building is around 11,000 square feet. I guess so I'm just trying to building. figure out, is this about the same size of the original video? Good question. Um, this, the floor space in the room that we're standing in is actually quite a bit smaller mm -hmm. than what we had in Santa Monica, 
but because we have a new home for the VHS tapes, um, and because we're gaining some wall space here that we didn't have in Santa Monica, yeah. we will make it work. Um, one of the important things about the designs for this building, um, we're standing in the storefront, which is a very long storefront attached, flanking a uh, huge movie theater. <laughs> and when we got the building, the storefront, they were two different spaces and they were not, there really was no relationship between the theater and the storefront. And what was really important for us to do is not to have a kind of cute, kitschy throwback video store sitting next to the big movie theater. It was really the other way around. Um, we are rehabilitating the movie theater to support the video store and vice versa. It's kind of like a meet cute. Yes. Um, without vidiots, uh, the Eagle would never have made her comeback. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know what would have happened to this building. I think it probably would have been knocked down. Mm -hmm. um, and without the Eagle, Vidiots would never have survived for what we think will be another at least 30 years. So mm -hmm. these two things that may seem antiquated to some are coming together to make something completely new and wonderful. And um, I don't know, I think of them as like two old people that like meet in the and give themselves a completely new life. And um, yeah, we're happy to bring back not one, but two iconic LA spaces. Are you gonna keep the, the cool dance floor floor? We are trying so hard to keep the cool dance floor floor. Um, the people who owned the dance studio, we adore. And um, we really, they retired. We really wanted to honor the space by keeping the floor. We'll see how that works out. We had an old pipe burst in it. Oh. It didn't help the flooring. Because it seems like most of it's okay. Yeah, it's in pretty good shape. Yep, and it so will So maybe be. it's easier to just fix up? Yeah, than... also I want to play basketball in here. <laughs> it's basketball flooring, essentially. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Like parquet, kind of. Uh, I think pine, but yeah. Oh, there you go. Thank you. I think, I think, I don't know. So these chairs that I see over here, are these from the Eagle? Yeah, these are the Eagle's chairs. They've been kind of upgraded and um, cleaned up over the years. Um, they're sitting piled here. They will be cleaned up and made beautiful. We even have a campaign where we're allowing um, idiots and Eagle lovers to name the seats. Um, like that's a, that. an important fundraising campaign for us right now. And yeah, we have a bunch of extras. Um, the theater operated for most of its life at eight, 900 to 800 seats. Um, the church that was running the theater, using the theater for a long time, had about 350, I think. Mm. So we're taking that down to 250. So when people see a movie here in the future, 250 seats. Correct. So it'll be a comfortable experience. Comfortable experience. Wait till you see the big room they're in. All right. All right. We have so many film lovers in Northeast LA and in Eagle Rock. And one of the things we're really missing is a place for those people to gather, um, is a place for filmmakers to show their work, um, we have a real uh, lack of access to documentary and international titles, and we are excited to be using this space as a micro-cinema and a flexible community space. It'll also be somewhat an extension of the video store, because as I was saying, um, 
you know, we, we're, we're tight on space and a big part of our mission is to grow the collection. So mm -hmm. I think you'll also see some video store content in, in here in this space. And um, it'll do everything from let people watch a movie to um, give someone a space for a birthday party for kids, mm. animation workshops for, for kids in the neighborhood. Um, we The trick with the space is that we've got our fourth wall that runs along the long part of the theater um, will be flexible. Flip it against the back wall of the micro cinema and then you have this wide open space. So mm. we could turn this into a polling place oh. on election day. Um, we could have a community meeting in here. We could um, have a short run of a Docker and International title that's not showing anywhere else in LA. Mm. We could have a feedback screening um, for filmmakers who live on this side of town and don't want to haul their asses to the west side because that's where all the screening rooms are. Um, on top of it, it's our mission to keep this place affordable. There's, there's no screening rooms? Like, w would you say east of like Beverly Hills? No, well, there, well, maybe in Hollywood, there are lots of screening rooms in Hollywood, and yeah. I'm sure there are now screening rooms attached to post houses and places like that. But one, they're hard to find, and two, they're really expensive. Mm. And um, the point and the purpose of having a space that's flexible and affordable is that people can actually use it. Mm -hmm. And it's a resource for your community. Yeah. And that doesn't just mean, you know, your your wealthier donors and patrons that also means um you know the people that live here and have been coming to this building for a really long time and want to be part of it one other thing about this this noise over here sure this is busy it's a busy busy neighborhood so people i'm sure have noticed that vidiots is coming back and they're they're now on the east side as opposed to the west side yeah so like just the free plug <laughs> the free publicity of being on Eagle Rock Boulevard. I mean, this is a lot of traffic. It's a lot of traffic. And and the great thing about it is that it's like people like all over Northeast LA. And so, you know, I think sometimes people think of Eagle Rock as like a kind of like, like a really interesting little, little neighborhood, little kind of quiet neighborhood. And it's like, this is Northeast Los Angeles. This is a huge community of people. Yeah. And um, we have great restaurants and bars, um, wonderful boutiques. It's a, it's the independent businesses around here are amazing. Um, and a lot of longstanding businesses that are still here, still operating. Um, we're friends with so many of the business owners uh, and Walt's down the street and the skateboard shop we have a skate shop just like a few feet away. I can't wait to do lots of stuff. Show a lot of skateboarding movies in here, um, which is sort of a touch point of the Vidiots collection. When I told people I was going to do Eagle Rock, everybody mentioned you. Amazing. Everybody. Good. Everybody said you've got to talk to them. To the point that I thought I wouldn't be able to talk to you because you're too busy and too... Well known. We are not too busy or not too well known. <laughs> Spread the word. So I think you liked a tweet that I had in some just random conversation about yep. film preservation. Yeah. Because we're nerds. And I was like, oh, this is my chance. Let me DM her real quick and Amazing. see. And to your credit, you, man, you got back to me right away. 
And so we're here. Yeah, so. I mean, the reality of Vidiots is that we're a really small skeleton staff organization. We have incredible history in the city. We have an amazing board of directors and an advisory council. But the reality is, is that we uh, took this building over and started this project four months before COVID. Oh my goodness. So we have raised $1.7 million of a $2.5 million goal during a pandemic when we couldn't gather people, we couldn't have regular fundraisers. And to be perfectly honest, it's, it's still an incredibly challenging project. Mm -hmm. um, and the biggest challenge we have doing this during a pandemic is that a lot of people still don't know we're doing this. Mm -hmm. So um, any chance I get to talk to someone or sing the gospel or reach a new um, film lover who doesn't know the impact of idiots in the past, present, and hopefully the future, um, you know, I take it. God bless you Thank for you all that. Thank you very much. Also, you're up against so many hard things going on. Yeah, you um, could say that. So many. I mean, we could probably list uh, at least 15 <laughs> easy. But one of them that I find really interesting is Vidiots was supported by the community in Santa Monica. It was. You couldn't be any further away from them right now. Yeah. And so I feel like maybe you had to like reintroduce what this is to this side of town because if, let's say I was a lover of idiots and I lived in West LA or Venice, I might not give you guys money for the Eagle Rock location. Lucky for us, um, the community, because we've been in Los Angeles for so long and because LA really is like migratory. I mean, yes, people live in their neighborhoods for a long time, but a lot of people don't have the luxury of living in their neighborhoods for a long time. And a lot of people got priced out of Santa Monica. Mm. Um, but also Vidiots was so famous and so known to be welcoming and to have such deep roots, not just in their neighborhood, but in all of Southern California. I mean, we used to have people, customers, regular customers who would drive down from Santa Barbara wow. to rent. Um, and so the brand in and of itself is known way outside of Santa Monica. On top of that, the thing that I love hearing are people that grew up in LA, maybe they grew up in Santa Monica or they um, lived in Santa Monica. They were clerks, they were customers. And then as adults, they migrated east as so many people have. Mm -hmm. um, and suddenly you have all of these people who feel an incredible kinship with the brand living now in this neighborhood. My really favorite stories are the ones where someone says, I grew up in Eagle Rock. I grew up going to the Eagle. It was my childhood movie theater. Then I went to UCLA, but I really got my film education at Vidiots. And now I've moved back to Eagle Rock. And now I get to have these two things that I love in the same space under the same roof. So, and that we still have a beloved community of people in Santa Monica. Um, they, believe it or not, still do support us Good. and send us their love. And eventually, you know, maybe we'll have like a mobile video store. We can bring Ooh. we can bring some videos back to Santa Monica. Or if you I mean, I'm sure you're going to have many, many special events um, in, oh, in yeah. the theater. It's not that hard to drive from the west side to over here. In fact, on this, I mean, I'm learning about these neighborhoods, too. Yeah. Cacao, this uh, Mexican. 
contestant, they call it, is worth the trip alone. Best. So if I am going to see it. Greatest mole ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, I mean, Jonathan amazing. Gold knows what he's, what he's doing. Yeah. But um, you can make a whole day of it. Yeah. And it's not like it stopped anybody from going to the Rose Bowl back in, you know, uh, like. No. People still go to Pasadena. They may as well come to Eagle Rock too, right? I also think if there's one thing that we've all learned in the pandemic, it's that we are one city and the incessant east side, west side breakdowns are really quite ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to sit in traffic for four hours, but um, I think we learned to get out of our neighborhoods during the pandemic and um, appreciate the fact that this really is um, all of it is our home and all of it is a resource for us culturally, emotionally, psychologically. <laughs> and um, yeah, why box yourself into thinking that it's two different spaces when it's not? In an uh, interview gave, I think it was you that gave it, at the former location, you were talking about a director whose um, movie, one of his older movies, was only on VHS because he didn't have the music rights yeah. to pot over to um, DVD. Are there a lot of examples of those where so we'll many. never see? Infinite. And... And that's the niche that you guys can fill very easily, right? Yeah, I mean, there are the number of titles you can rattle off or someone who's more expert than I can rattle off. Um, I think that in that interview, I was talking about John Waters' Mondo Trasho, I think is what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, but really famous filmmakers have films that are inaccessible because of things like music licensing. Um, and yeah, I mean, if... You because know, it would be too cost prohibitive to have a, a tiny movie like that? Yeah, there would be no way. Um, there would be no way. Because not enough people are going to buy it or rent it, but you got to pay Columbia Records a million bucks. If they'll even allow you oh. to license. I mean, my husband's a music supervisor, so I have some window Aha. into that. Um, so but, it's got like Beatles or Stones music on there that is just yeah, super expensive? Yeah, I, I can't remember what the exact you know, issues with, with that film were, but... Um, but it's, it's really common. I mean, it's also common. There are, I think a lot of people have the perception that this is a VHS thing. It's not. There are so many movies that are not streaming on right. streaming services. And streaming services are not the enemy. Right. But they become intensely problematic when they are beginning to eradicate other forms of access because of, um, I mean, we talk so much about gatekeeping, but we rarely talk about the fact that there are, really are a few large corporations deciding what you have access to when it comes to this medium. There are also amazing streaming services like Mubi and Criterion Channel. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, like, I can't speak more highly of those companies. They're also supporters of idiots, so shout out. Oh, really? Yes. Great. But they believe in theatrical and they believe in the coexistence of spaces like Vidiots. Um, they understand that it's an ecosystem. Uh -huh. And that streaming can do a lot, but in my opinion, it cannot turn small children into lifelong film lovers. Mm. And it doesn't have a tra proven track record yet because it hasn't been around long enough. And I'm seeing it in my own house with my own kids that when they, especially during the pandemic, 
lost access to their video store and their movie theater, their interest in film went through the floor. Mm. Now it's like homework for me to get them to watch a movie. Well, well also streaming um, is kind of a month to month thing. So if you miss, for, for example, one of my favorite movies when I was a teenager was Erg the Music War, which was yeah. produced by the Copelands, the, the police brothers. Um, and it makes sense why it, it wasn't on DVD because all it is is music. Yeah. And suddenly I saw it on Canopy the other day. Love Canopy. Isn't, which is, if you guys don't know, it's streaming service by the libraries. And so- It's free with totally. your library card. Who, all great words. Free, library. Yep. <laughs> Libraries, the cornerstone of democracy. But but it, as soon as I saw it, I watched it as fast as I could because I don't know if it's going to disappear forever. Yeah. Whereas if it's if I see it here, that's going to be my buddy that's always there. I can recommend it to people no matter where they live in L.A. I can say if you if you happen to be over there. Um, and that's one of the beauties of a physical brick and mortar store, right? Yeah. I mean, also just the advantages to browsing physical media, especially for people who um, are, you know, little. It's really <laughs> important for little kids to be able to pick something up and look at it. Um, and an algorithm that just feeds them um, something because there's a bottom line attached to it mm -hmm. is not a way to turn someone into a lover of art. I used to do um, audio and video installations in people's houses. And one day I was at a family's home and their kid was maybe one years old, two years old, something like that, just really, really young. And, and the mom was like, have her find you um, her, uh, Name any Disney movie, and she can get it for you. I was like, can she read? She's like, no, and that's the trick. Yeah. I go, fine, can you get me a Donald Duck movie? And she could. Like, yeah. to your point about learning and falling in love with videos and movies, yep. these little kids, for some reason, their brain actually does work a lot better with that than I'm sure a remote control and a Roku device. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and also it's just like the, the limitations on it. Um, algorithms are designed to give you what they think that you want, but that can't replace a human being and it can't replace the experience right. of um, self-discovery. So one of my examples that I love to use is that <laughs> one of my favorite movies when I was growing up was Moonstruck. Oh yeah. Moonstruck was not marketed to what I was maybe like, I don't know, 10 when that movie came out. I was certainly not the market for that movie. But I liked the box <laughs> cover art. I was intrigued by um, Cher kicking a bottle and looking like incredibly like, you know, happy in the streets of Manhattan. And so I picked it up and I took it home and I watched it. Well, that had a deep impact on who I am. Mm. And that movie would never have come up in an algorithm for a 10 year old. So every single one of us has that story mm -hmm. every single one of us mm -hmm. and so if you just take that entire equation out of the mix where does that get you in 15 years from today mm -hmm. do you have a thriving film culture and do you have a huge community of people that are investing their money back into film 
my assumption is no. <laughs> um, I think they'll go other places. Um, mm -hmm. People go to the party that they're invited to. And I think without brick and mortar spaces and without physical media, you can't invite everybody to the film party. A while back, we spoke to somebody in another kind of struggling industry, um, Skylight Books. I love Skylight. And she she said that, that what you're talking about is their bread and butter. People coming in and just asking one of the employees. Absolutely. What do you got for me? Yep. And as somebody who worked at a record store slash video store in the 80s in West LA, shout out the original Licorice Pizza. Yeah. Um, it After a while, you get to know your customers. You remember what they got before. They remember you. You can be honest with each other. Yeah. And you can be like, I love Diner, but my wife hated it. And it's like, I told you it's a boy's movie. Like, relax. <laughs> it's a guy's movie, whatever. And you build a rapport. Crazy idea. Humans being human with each other. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, also, you can't underestimate the interaction between strangers in a place like that because yes. they have they, they have one thing in common when they're standing in that space and that thing that they have in common can be like completely mind-blowingly inspirational um i have a an anecdote that i like to share i came in one day when we were still open in santa monica and one of our amazing clerks ran up and said you got to look at this and she handed me a torn off piece of a paper bag and it was a note and it said dear vidiots please tell jack we loved the recommendation of la chienne okay well, this is one of the most important pieces of french cinema of all time <laughs> these people had never seen it and they were Fran McDormand and Joel Cohen. What? And they had left this note for Jack. Well, Jack was not a clerk. He was not hired to be there. Jack was a regular customer who um, spent a lot of time with us at Vidiots. Um, I'm not sure Jack had two nickels to rub together, really? but here he is standing in this space, an absolute equal to two of the most influential and successful <laughs> film figures in the history of film. Wow. And he undoubtedly had an, an indel uh, indelible impact on the way that they make art after that point, because before La Chienne and after La Chienne are, are two different things. Uh -huh. And so again, you can't underestimate the magic that can happen between human beings when they have art in common. And um, and that's what we want to recreate. And and Vidius was really famous for that. I mean, that was something Patty and Kathy, our founders, really instilled in the staff. Um, you know, we we're, were founded in LA and, um, you know, we had a lot of really high profile people come through that space for 32 years when we were in Santa Monica. And it was a place where people could feel really comfortable and at home and safe and, um, and you know, equal to equal to other film lovers, which is really important. Since we are in Eagle Rock. Yes. Can I ask you if it was just kismet that this was available to you? Or did you did you want to leave the West Side? We did not want to leave the West Side. I started working at Vidiots in 2016. I tried desperately, desperately hard to keep, to, uh, there's a motorcycle. 
<laughs> We're replacing the doors on this theater, by the way. Um, there won't be so much sound bleed. Um, when I was when I started in 2016, it was my goal to keep idiots in Santa Monica. Oh, um, in spite of the fact that many of the people who knew I was coming to work at Vidiots were saying, great, can you move it to the east side? And I kept saying, no, 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 it, it's, this is a landmark space, like we need to stay here. And the longer I was there, the more I realized there was no business model there. The neighborhood had radically changed. Um, a lot of our um, beloved customers were not able to afford Santa Monica anymore and were no longer living there. Um, we had a lot of customers who were still there, but we're not able to invest in Vidiots as a 501c3 nonprofit the way that we really desperately needed at the time. Um, yes, they were still renting movies, but that was not enough to sustain us. We had a wonderful small screening room there, but we had no room to grow. And the people that most wanted to come to the kinds of events that we were producing did not live on the west side. Really? No. And huh. I talked endlessly with Patty and Kathy about if we were going to move where we were going to move and we all knew that we needed to get into a neighborhood that was in some way reflective of what Santa Monica had been when Patty and Kathy moved there in 1985 and we knew that we needed to do essentially what Patty and Kathy had done. And so in 85, Patty and Kathy wanted to start a business. They wanted to do it together. They wanted to work for themselves. They wanted to do something creative. They looked around at the landscape and they knew there was this big gap in these newfangled video stores, right? <laughs> and, and they were like, well, video stores are cool, but they don't, none of them around us have the movies we want to watch. There are all these commercial movies. They don't have independent work. They don't have um, video art. They don't have all this weird shit that we want to see. And so they were like, okay, so we'll give everybody the weird shit. And they opened Vidiots and became one of the most famous video stores in the world and um, had a banging business for decades. Um, and so Eagle Rock, not Highland Park? For the home for weird shit? Listen, we were looking everywhere on the east side. I knew it had to be the east side. I didn't know if that meant Los Feliz. But when we looked again, when we went back and looked at the gaps, we knew there was a big gap in Northeast LA. There were very few movie theaters. The ones that are, there's one, really one movie theater over here. It's a commercial movie theater. It's great. Um, it is affordable, but it's first run movies there was virtually no art house fair um and um and i knew this movie theater existed i had no idea we would end up being the stewards of it um i live down in glassell park my best friend used to live on yosemite we would sit at that light and cry about why this isn't a movie theater that was like 15 years ago i get stopped every day by a neighbor who says oh my god we're so excited the eagle's coming back uh, in the 70s, I remember when Song Remains the Same was in the theater. There were lines oh. around the block for like six weeks. We used to come out and talk <laughs> to people who were waiting in line to get their movie tickets. Um, which actually brings me to a good point um, in mm -hmm. the building, which is that as an 800 to 900 seat movie theater, um, this space had almost zero lobby. Um, mm. The lobby 
uh, wall was where you're standing by this pole. Uh-huh. And it ended there. Wow. So you can see I'm a real petite lady. <laughs> and I would say two of me stretched out <laughs> long was about how wide the lobby was. There was a women's room with two toilets downstairs <laughs> and a men's room up a flight of stairs. Did they not want to make money off of concessions or any of that? When this theater was built, uh, the model for film was not reliant on concessions. Mm. And so probably when this theater was built, there were no concessions. Um, as it grew, we know there was a concession stand because we have this amazing um, friend, Maggie Kuros, if you're out there, um, who um, used to make this magic um, nacho sauce. Ooh. But it was a teeny tiny lobby, and it I, I would be very surprised if you could even get it permitted these days. One of the cool things that the original videos had was autographs yeah. of directors and actors. On the VHS tapes. On the VHS yeah. tapes. Yeah. People who would who would who would visit right. videos and you guys would stick a box in front of them and they'd sign it happily, Indeed. I'm sure. Where will that be? Those guys will all be somewhere in the video store. Just so you'll spread get out. to see that. Spread out in yeah. the video area. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, Much like we had before. So which which again, so cool. Yeah. And the longer these things stay in business, the cooler an audit I mean, first of all, I would think a VHS box for a millennial is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all of these younger generations are actually really interested in gathering. They're really interested in physical media. They um, don't want to fart into the same couch cushion over and over again <laughs> to get their art. I mean, they want to leave. They want to put their clothes on and leave the house and be part of a community. And um, we have a lot of, we get great feedback from millennials and Gen Zers who are just stoked to come back to the world. But even us Gen Xers, when we see Indeed. a movie box, I have a strange photographic memory about both oh, album oh, labels oh, and their colors and what they kind of looked like. Yeah. So if you tell me Billy Joel's Piano Man, yep. I can see that red label spinning around. Yep. And the same goes for the clamshell boxes of VHS tapes. I'm exactly the same way. And it goes away digitally. It Mine goes away. It's alive. Right. Yeah. But if but if you asked me about, um, I don't know, a, a, a new a new record by even Beyonce, I have no visual. Well, because you have connection. nothing physical to connect it to. Yeah. And we are we really are animals that like to pick things up and look at them. Yes. Yeah. And there's cool stuff in on, in the back. I mean, and then with DVDs and then laser discs. I mean, all the all this kind of older stuff. You miss, I mean, yes, it was great the other day to see Erg the Music War, but I sat there for about 20 minutes and it just didn't do the same for me anymore. Yeah. You know, it was cool to see. Everybody looked skinny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was way different than if I had found that at your store and bought it or rented, rented it. it. Yeah, yeah. I can't buy movies here? I will have some specialty items for sale at Vidiots, but... Um, our footprint in the video store area is going to be pretty tight. So we'll do rotations of um, like cool pieces of art made by local artists. Um, mm -hmm. We do a David Lynch retrospective or screening series. We'll make, you know, log pillows people can buy. <laughs> That's one thing I really want to do. I like that. But um, 
and and certainly when there's like a special edition box set or something that comes out that's relevant to what we're doing in the theater, we will definitely have those available. But we really want to bring people back to a model of borrowing and returning and um, using a, a, a physical media item that still is incredibly advanced. I mean, Blu-rays, the quality on a Blu-ray is always going to be higher than the quality of, of, of a stream, I think, personally. And on top of it, you get all of the extras and you get, you get great writing. Um, I mean, I think Criterion had like one of their best years ever this year on physical media. So this is not an antiquated thing. And anybody who talks about it that way, I'm more than happy to get on my soapbox and give them the speech. Forget that. Just invite them down here. Yeah, or just come on down to videos and we'll show you. See it yourself. Yeah. I'm nervous to put some of my my favorite VHS cassettes yeah. into my VCR. Yeah. Are you guys nervous when you rent these out? Well, we're not renting VHS much anymore. So what I mean, will you do with Santa your collection? Monica, of we had not been really renting that much VHS out. No, I mean, the idea with the VHS is a really serious preservation project that involves um, going through with professional archivists. Um, we've already done one round, um, and we identified 250 tapes out of 11,000 that were um, really special to us for one reason or another, the criteria for that project and, and what they were pulling was really fascinating um, to watch get put together. Um, but no, the idea is that we're going to protect them and digitize them and hopefully oh. make them available for rent on a DVD or a Blu-ray um, in a way that's both legal and, <laughs> and safe. Um, and yeah, I mean, certainly we have some tapes that I'm sure we would like let out into the world if somebody really wanted to watch something on VHS. Um, we are, we love tape heads. We love VHS culture, but we're not trying to convince people to go back to that mode of watching, but we are trying to make them understand that, um, that it is vitally important to preserve work that's only on VHS. Mm -hmm. I think there's a really serious misconception that everything is on film. So if you do film preservation, you're just catching everything. And I feel a little like Holden Caulfield out in the field and instead of kids running over the edge, it's VHS tapes. Um, so so what, what's the primary purpose other than preservation of your 11,000 video cassettes? It's preservation. That's it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's making sure that especially work made by filmmakers who were not making work on film because they couldn't afford it or they weren't, you know, given the opportunity to do that. And you can imagine who those people are. Yeah. Those are often women, mm -hmm. people of color, the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not hard to understand, again, that gatekeeping comes into conversation when you're talking about... Um, access um, to film. And so a lot of people were shooting on video because that's what they had. And especially in a city like Los Angeles, a lot of people were shooting on video. And so not only do you have great works of art on video that never made it to another format, but you also have the history of the city mm -hmm. in that archive. Yeah, And um, that's really important for us to, to maintain um, we've got a lot of people in our community who are making archival work, who are documentarians, who need 
access to that kind of stuff. So really the VHS project is very much about preservation. What do you think female um, vibe <laughs> female vibe brings to a place like this that uh, if it wasn't female run w w would miss out on? I mean, I think everything from from the fact that this will be a safe and comfortable place for everybody to be in. Um, I mean, I don't have to launch a seminar on bro culture but I'm um, like a lot of other things that are cool um, they do sometimes get sucked into this bro culture which is a thing it's uh, and it sucks it sucks to walk into a place that you should feel welcomed and feel uncomfortable and not wanted. Mm -hmm. And um, I sadly, in the 25 years I've lived in LA, that's happened to me a lot in some of the film spaces that have been sort of anointed as, um, you know, cinephile with a capital C or um, cool. <laughs> and Vidiot's uh, was one of the coolest spaces I ever walked into when I first moved here in 1999 and I felt welcomed and um, wanted and that is something that everybody should feel. I also think programmatically you'll see um, a really diverse slate of programming. I think um, certainly in our collection the fact that Patty and Kathy were the ones putting that collection together um, means that you've got a really diverse collection um, when I first started working for Patty and Kathy, I noticed there was like a huge section of like documentaries and like sort of self-help um, tapes on childbirthing, on child rearing, on early education. And I, I was like, why so much? And then of course I was like, well, duh, they were having babies and raising little kids while they were running videos. And so of course they had an interest in that. And um, is that something you're gonna rent on a daily basis? Maybe not, but it's really valuable for us to have it. Mm -hmm. um, and but, but it also might speak to why you want, or at least why you reacted to children physically touching uh, uh, VHS tapes and DVDs, because yeah. you're seeing it through a maternal kind of a yeah, nurturing I mean, way, whereas I probably wouldn't. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I, I mean, I do, I have kids. Um, we have a lot of, we have a lot of little vidiots at vidiots. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I do. I think that um, Patty and Kathy starting the business before they had kids and then becoming parents um, certainly had an impact on the collection. Mm -hmm. um, it certainly made the collection more interesting and more diverse. And I, I know that I was really, really deeply impacted when I saw my kids running around videos. Um, it's an antidote that I share a lot, but when we were really, I had run out of ideas for how to keep us going in Santa Monica and was really at a point where I had, I had really only just taken the job and I fell in love with Patty and Kathy so hard and 
wanted so much for the city to understand their legacy and appreciate what they had done for the culture um, that I just thought this is like my job. My job is to make sure that this collection stays accessible to the public and that LA recognizes who these people are. And, but I was at the end of my rope. I was like, I don't have any more rabbits to pull out of hats. I, I can't do anymore. And then my husband brought my kids down to the pier and then I watched them run around in the video store and then they talked to our, our clerk, Ryan, who's amazing. Um, and they had these like long intricate conversations about the stacks that they had pulled. My daughter couldn't even read, but she had this big stack and um, they talked to Ryan and then like a week later they came back and they talked about all the movies they'd watched and they helped Ryan put the discs back on the shelves and they learned how to alphabetize. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck it. Like it, this may be impossibly hard and my hair may all fall out, but I've got to find a way to keep this alive because I want it for my kids and I want it for future generations who are gonna have a lot less access. I've got a question for you, cause not everybody's got money, but they may have 30 really cool DVDs or video cassettes, beta maybe even. Do you accept donations like that? Yeah, I'm not taking beta. <laughs> I, got no, I got no room, but no, no, no. We, we do, I mean, especially people who, um, have VHS collections of um, movies that are a little harder to find that maybe didn't make the jump to DVD or Blu-ray or maybe made the jump to DVD, but now those DVDs are out of print. Mm. Definitely reach out to us if you have a box of VHS, if you have lots and lots of VHS tapes of like, you know, the Indiana Jones movies. We probably don't have so much room for that because... <laughs> Um, they're readily accessible in other formats, but we do take them. Um, I took some laser discs from our, our friend. I, th I think it was Keith Calder and Jess Wu who donated some laser discs. I took them just cause I'm a hoarder. Um, <laughs> we probably won't take too much more of that. Um, DVDs and Blu-rays. We love Blu-ray gifts because, um, we closed in 2017 and we've got to make up for all of those years oh, of collecting. I hadn't thought of that. Yep. So we will hopefully be getting a lot of in-kind donations through studios and right. um, distributors, but um, we love taking your Blu-rays off your hands and your DVDs for and, sure. And because you're a 501C, did I say that right? Yeah, 501C3. There you go. Tax deductible. Right. So if you know, if you can figure out the, the value of what you're donating, <laughs> we will give you a donation receipt to reflect that. That's awesome. Um, but also, Vidiots is an organization that um, has survived a pandemic <laughs> on the generosity of um, some really well-resourced individuals and then some individuals who... Um, don't have more than $10 to give, but if they give that $10, they're just as much part of the family. And that $10 goes a really, really, really long way when you have a project like this. Um, it's literally building this from the ground up. So um, I'm, I'm looking matters, at the ground right now. You're looking at the ground <laughs> right now. On, on that note, I want to thank you for having me thank today. Thank you so much. The sign says coming in 2022. Is that really gonna happen? Yes, it will happen in 2022. 
or poor Maggie will explode in a ball of flame and exhaustion. No, we are definitely opening in 2022. Um, we never commit to a hard time frame because this world, as we all now know, is virtually impossible to predict. And um, you know, in all honesty, this is really dependent on on getting to our fundraising goals. And we do have uh, an ambitious uh, project on our hands. So mm -hmm. we've got a ways to go on that $2.5 million goal. Um, and you know, the, the building has really progressed at a pretty rapid pace, but things like the cost of steel oh. have gone through the roof. Is and, this steel right here? Oh yeah. Huh. And uh, a bunch of steel that used to cost like 300 bucks now costs a thousand bucks. Oh, that's yep. what you're talking about. So, um, oh my God. And this is, you know, pandemic related. Um, and uh, yeah, it's challenging. So, 22 for sure. I very much hope sometime in the warmer months. We'll do, see. Do you have a movie that you really want to kick it all off with? Oh yeah, but I can't tell you. Oh, here. so it's in your it's oh, in your yeah. mind. Yeah, we have a whole bunch. I mean, and we are also talking to our community. So there are a lot of people who've been really involved in this, and they are all mega film lovers with really good taste. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it'll be pretty easy to program out the first, I'd say, six months of this space. Um, but we also, you know, we want to do really unique stuff for the community around us and for Eagle Rock and Northeast LA, and um, that's going to make for a really eclectic program. And maybe we'll do some teasers as we get closer to opening. Sorry, that wasn't a very exciting So people who want to donate or help in any way, they should go to yep. your website. Definitely, vidiotsfoundation.org. And, um, you know, amplification is also really huge. I'm glad that you think that everybody knows about vidiots, but I assure you that not everybody knows about vidiots and we need them to know. So uh, following us on Instagram and Twitter at Vidiots and Facebook at Vidiots Video. Um, and yeah, making small donations when you can, sharing our story with your friends and family. Um, we're really into in-kind donations. So if uh, you know your aunt and uncle own a a hardware store and they've got too many toilets on their hands let us know we'll take some toilets off your hands uh you know we're we're this is we're barn of steel yeah barn of steel i think we're through the steel thing on you know unfortunately but uh but yeah i mean tile paint everything all of it really um needs to come in the style of a donation so that's where we are and um and it all matters. And anybody just even saying out loud, I miss my video store. I miss the feeling of going to my local movie theater and browsing the racks at a video store. Um, consider getting involved in some way, shape or form with what we're doing here at Vidiots. And support your other local video stores because they're still around and they're great. Well, thank you so much. So glad you're around and your hair's not falling out, so you're doing okay. Not yet. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. We'll see you in the warmer months. Let's do it. All right. Thanks. How great was Maggie? You know who else has moved across town and into our hearts when we least expected it? 
That's right, our Patreons. So when you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, here's a free video rental. Here's a ticket to a classic film projected in 35mm. Here's a David Lynch Blu-ray box set. Every donation you hand over helps keep this insane project rolling. So shout out to our Patreons, Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinky, Ben Welsh, Henry Furman, Jen Adams, The Lonely Chair, Trevor Wilson, and Bree Wilde. Want to help? Want to hear your name at the end of next week's show? Go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. Speaking of renovations, one of our Patreons, Mark Johnson, is single-handedly renovating our web presence. And for that, he deserves extra love. So thank you, Mark. Thank you. Shout out to our Angelinos. To be an Angelino, all you have to do is PayPal us 25 bucks or more, and we will list you on the Here in LA website that Mark's building, and it'll be there forever. You'll also be given a number to denote how early you got in on this. For example, Angelino number one is Allie Miller. Two, George Wright. Three, Rita Joanne. Four, Jason Sutter. Five, Grant Houghton. Six, Rob Baker. Seven, Kev Chang. And eight, Brenda Garcia. Just PayPal your hard-earned cash, cash to bustblog at gmail.com. Want to support us? But you know whom still hasn't paid you for that thing you did in 2021 and you're a little tight on the do-re-mi? Got it. You can still help. Post your favorite episode of Here in L.A. on your Facebook. Oh my God, post two. Post this one. Tweet something nice about it. Tell your friends. Tell them how Here in L.A. is spelled and that it's on Apple Podcasts and Google and (coughs) Spotify. Here in L.A. is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and the man who's helped us motor through Eagle Rock at the perfect pace, and we are so grateful, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgo and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and cinephiles, movie lovers, and generous people who keep the movie going and movie rental business thriving. Be kind, we wind! Wind.